0: the next episode of Geek's Tech Show. This is Manjula enjoying the home quarantine in Berlin. It's been a long since I've hosted the podcast, but yes, today I'm back and excited to host the one with Franziska. Uh, She is an ally enthusiast. She's also a diversity and inclusion advocate. So yes, today we have Franziska with us and she'll be talking about her perspective on accessibility.
1: And hi, Franziska. Before we start, could you introduce yourself? Hi Manjula, it's great that I am on this podcast, I'm really, really happy about that. So um, as you know, I uh, work a lot with developers currently as a people lead, um, I manage two um, IT teams in a company, but I also do a lot of uh, consultancy work specifically in developer relations and community. And as you said, I'm a diversity advocate, most specifically in the realm of chronic illness and disabilities, because that is something that I live with myself. hmm Nice. Cool. So let's jump on to this to some
0: questions that I already have figured out. So, you know, we talk a lot about accessibility, like it's important, as in when we develop our web apps, or, you know, maybe it's important in general, like having, you know, transcripts, while uh, somebody is watching a video or, you know, in general, can you tell me why why accessibility is important to you in general? Like, you know, maybe you have a personal
1: story or something that you would like to share to our audience? In fact, I do. Um, As I said, I live with chronic illnesses and chronic illnesses that are not really well-researched to boot, so um, issues that don't have like a treatment or don't have um or only have experimental treatments in a way. Mm-hmm. And coming from that perspective, I'm I'm on the sort of more highly functioning end of the spectrum. So I don't have any visual or hearing impairments. Um I can I'm still quite mobile for what I have, which is good. Um, I can dance when I'm warm, which is something that I love doing. Um, but on the other hand, I've I have had and I can continue to have. A lot of issues that might not be visible at first glance, right? Um, when I have a bad day, it's difficult for me walking stairs. And then um, there are some other things as well. So, coming from that perspective, I became, I would say, a diversity advocate, um, telling people about this perspective. And I also, and that's very important for me. Coming from that perspective, I started obviously researching a lot of other conditions, impairments, handicaps, disabilities, however you want to call it. And I started exchanging with a lot of people. Um, And and coming from that uh, perspective and from that angle, I find it important as well to not just advocate for your perspective, but to stand up for people that have a different uh, way of life or a different perspective as well. And this is one of the reasons why I became co-organizer of the accessibility meetup in Berlin uh, in December last year, because I wanted to bring these issues to the surface and highlight them. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, I have been there to two or
0: three meetups and I must say it's really one of the cool meetups that's happening in Berlin, at least, you know, focusing more on accessibility issues. Cool. So uh, maybe you could also touch point uh, on the parts that why do you think uh, digital accessibility, like we all are developers, we work all the time on computers or, you know, making some apps or in general using some apps in our day to day
1: life. Why do you think uh, digital accessibility is important? I think you already said it brilliantly. We all use digital technology in one form or another, right? right. Uh, we now have cell phones in our pockets, and that is basically our personal planner, organizer, our link to people in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And this can be in the form of apps. So when we use the computer, then we use we use programs and so forth. So it's something that touches almost every person, at least if we look at a digital literacy rate um, that is high as it is in Germany, and then. Um, looking at some other aspects especially with corona and the lockdown and everything that we have now people working in home office we use digital technology even more than that and with the the whole paradigm shift that we are talking about people will probably be working a bit more remotely in the future so we will all rely on digital technology and this is something that a lot of perspectives, when we look at accessibility, says that it should be accessible for people who have a specific condition or have a specific disability. But that's the core point of it. Accessibility is something, is a concept that is there because tools should be accessible for all people, regardless of what kind of condition that they have or if they don't have a condition, right? It should be something that everyone can use because it is such a cornerstone of what we live with and what we work with. Yeah, yeah,
0: true i think the, this whole corona situation that we got uh, will make the at least the employers realize that you know at least remote working is possible uh, for people and you know this is like the one thing that i realize is the video call that we are doing right now is one form of uh, thing that is making us accessible to talk to each other so yeah i think digital as said uh digital accessibility is really important.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, So Francisca, uh do you think uh what, what, what according to you, what do you think, what does accessibility encompass?
1: So obviously, um, I don't have like a perfect definition present at all times. But um, the sort of the former definition is the design of products, devices, services, or environments so that they are usable by everyone. And I find that definition to be very, very good because it even goes further than just, let's say, digital accessibility. We can think about barrier-free rooms, right, where you have handrails and you have elevators and and people of all uh, backgrounds can use these public or not-so-public spaces, but it also talks about um, products that we use on a daily basis and devices that we use interfaces that we use and it also emphasizes the fact that it's not just as i said for people with disabilities chronic illnesses or some some conditions but it's that everybody can use it and what i found also is that when i say accessibility a lot of people actually equated with web accessibility which is a focal point but it's not the only point especially in the last weeks and months i've seen a lot of talks on accessibility in apps Mm-hmm. accessibility in games, and uh, mm-hmm. we will also have uh, a meetup uh, on that uh, coming up shortly. So there are so many perspectives and so many areas where we can ensure accessibility that go beyond just some of the, that's the initial conceptions that people might have. Yeah, true, true, totally true. I think uh,
0: uh, accessibility, when we talk accessibility in terms of web, it's altogether a different set of topic, whereas accessibility in general can can comprise to a lot of other stuff. For example, as you said, mm. you know, so people using an elevator, or you know, uh, people uh, who might have some uh, deficiency with their vision, for example. Yeah, true. Yeah. So uh, let me move on to the next set of uh, question that I have. Uh, since I'm a web dev, and you know, uh, I focus more on uh, uh, like you know, making web accessible, and that that's my one of the core thing that I do at at least at my workplace. What do you think uh, that what does actually uh, accessibility would mean in in terms of making the websites accessible, or how
1: does it all round up to? To be honest with you, Manjula, when I started researching the topic, the first impression that I have had and I was not very experienced at that point was that it was to uh, design websites for them to be usable for blind people or people Mm -hmm. with vision impairments right Mm -hmm. Um, and then delving into the topic more i realized that yes websites are as we see them and as we use them primarily are something visual obviously but not exclusively um there are other things like i'm talking about vision here as well but color blindness um where people don't see colors in the right uh as 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 sort of the majority of people would then you have maybe elements like videos where people who are hard of hearing or legally deaf might be challenged and then you have other aspects as well like um People that, for example, have epilepsy and could be seizures, seizures could be triggered by flickering items. So again, it's more than just um, adapting con- and websites for people who have visual impairments. It's actually to make websites usable for a, a variety of people and also to make them usable with the right tools. Mm-hmm. Because um, especially with blind people, they use a keyboard a lot to maneuver on websites mm-hmm. and. For that, obviously, you, you cannot have a functionality where you click on everything with a mouse, right? Um, because people j- would just wouldn't be able to see that. So it's basically all of the um, processes and all of the methods to make a website as we have it in, in our current standards uh, usable for a variety of people. And what I found interesting in this all is that there is um, actually uh, there are actually guidelines out there uh, called the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines that help people who might, get started with that to learn more about that and to um, make sure that whatever they are doing in their web development actually reaches um, um, all people
0: yeah sure yeah I think uh, being being a web dev uh, I I can say that there are a lot of tools available already that that you that developers can use and make their uh, websites accessible for example recently like I think two days ago what I saw is, uh, in the Chrome dev tools, what one could do is you could you could simulate the vision that mm-hmm. means how the how your website would look to a blind user, mm-hmm. how your website would look to a user who is who cannot perceive the red light or for example the green light. So that's really cool. I think you know uh, making websites accessible is not much of a deal. It's like a right start to making mm-hmm. you know, writing more, uh, cementing HTML and using the tools the right way. Totally. So, yes. Uh, So, today, uh, Franziska, what I want you to tell me is uh, what accessibility topics and touch points uh, you would want to focus on because we've seen a lot of web accessibility issues already and in today's podcast what I want is you to focus on some more touch points that you feel uh, are, you know, uh, are are the topics when we talk about accessibility.
1: So. As I, as I already said, I have my personal story, right? And while I don't have a lot of challenges, uh, let's say, using electronic devices or something like that, I feel like with my voice, I can speak up for all those people that might have handicaps or conditions that might not, let's say, um, be something that is uh, perceived very... Um, very strongly so we all know that a person who uses a wheelchair probably has some sort of condition and a person who wears sunglasses and has a stick is probably a person who has a visual impairment right so these are the sort of touchable visible um, conditions that we have around us and that we realize easily but there are a lot of people that have i call them sometimes unusual but but, or or even rare uh, conditions um, and non-visible illnesses and Um, When people look at me, they also wouldn't, at least at first glance, think that I have some sort of condition. But it always helps to have this perception and this openness to, And you never know what another person goes through. And how often do we see that people actually have something, but they just are not that vocal about it, or they don't talk about it. And it it might even be necessary for them to have some sort of support or accommodation, as we often say, and, and that's why it's so important, and that's what I want to highlight, is that you should always have a perspective where you never see the normal as the, the average normal. So okay. not assuming that every person can do and practice everything that a so, so-called normal person would be able to do. And that... If you already have that perception and that approach to things, you don't even oftentimes need to think about accessibility because you already take care of that in that first step. I know that there are limitations obviously sometimes you have a budget and you cannot do everything and sometimes you have. You have to convince people, let's say, in an organization uh, to be on your side in this. But once we look at things, no matter if it's a device or if it's a website or if it's like a physical space, once we look at those um, things, those environments, from the perspective of someone who maybe does not fit the, the, the majority pattern in society, we already shape these environments so perfectly and we enable so many people thinking like that. And this is what I want to encourage, that normal basically should never be normal mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i think uh, when i started off with accessibility altogether i i had a very wrong uh, perspective of just thinking uh, that accessibility is always related to you know what we can actually see like the visible uh, visibility which i think uh, didn't make much sense because you know then i read about a lot of new ways that new uh, uh, new things that uh, that can have uh, accessibility uh, topics covered up and mm-hmm. uh, what would you like to tell people who you know who who think that accessibility is just uh, related to being disabled or you know something which is like
1: visibly uh, seen to people mm-hmm. I think one of the arguments that I often come up with, and I know that sounds a bit harsh, but um, think about the bottom line at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We all know from studies that, for example, mixed teams, gender mixed teams in that case, have a better bottom line. The same goes for, let's say, um, uh, um, accessibility, because the more people can use your product or your services, the better off you will be. I know it often looks from the outside like it will be a huge investment and not much return, but thinking about the fact that it's not just disabled people that will be addressed with that and that will be helped and supported with that, there might actually be some underlying benefit that you can think about. And um, again, it sounds like a very economical argument, but at the end of the day, it might be more effective with some people in some target groups uh, to think about that aspect as well. And I, I, I hold it a little bit with my bachelor thesis I did on Adam Smith and, and his economy. Oh, he said- wow um um if you if you have an entrepreneur and that entrepreneur is selfish that still is good as long as there's a certain morale and as long as that um, entrepreneur then creates jobs for people to, to have that jobs and so forth. So sometimes even with, let's say, less aspirational motives, we can still um, have aspirational goals. And combining that is always a good thing and, and having those two perspectives. But that is what I usually uh, tell people a lot of the time, um, that it's, it's not just about, let's say, having a, a better society or a better perspective, a better approach it actually affects the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah, true, true.
0: Cool. So I think one question that always, uh, you know, I think about is, it's a digital world. And normally a lot of people stay anywhere, sort of use uh, some website or maybe, you know, digitally they're using some Mm app. And do you have a... I mean, I mean, I'm mean, i not saying it has to be a fixed number or maybe you, you can share some of your views on what are the percentage of people that still need, you know, our apps to be digital, like, like our apps, the digital apps to be accessible or maybe, you know, the websites to
1: be accessible. Mm-hmm. Um funnily enough, when I did um one of my freelance projects, I researched some uh, digital literacy numbers. And okay. you would expect that for Germany they would be a little bit higher. Yeah. yeah sure. But but overall, um it, it, from the numbers, it was clear that a majority of the population now uses some sort of electronic device and uses websites. Um, so the figure was uh, around about at 80, 90%. So we can assume that uh, senior citizens um, are very, very um, well versed with websites now, too. And maybe not as well versed as, as somebody who grows up with them, but they still use that. And then mm-hmm. um, in preparation for, for our podcast today, I looked at some of the the statistics when it comes to disabilities as well, and interestingly, about ten percent in Germany have a severe handicap. But those are the people that are officially registered as having um, a fifty percent and upwards impairment. So I would say that sort of the shadow numbers are much, much higher than that, right? When we think about uh, temporary um, disability, maybe because of an accident, when we think about, again, senior citizens and so forth, I would estimate that number to be, um, at least in Germany, that's so the numbers that I, I can research with confidence, um, I would estimate 20 to 30 percent, if not higher Um, Mm -hmm. of the population would need accessible websites, but then again, and that's something that we have touched upon as well already in this uh, podcast, is that sometimes it doesn't have to be like a severe condition, sometimes there's just one simple or seemingly simple thing that might require you to have um, um, support in the realm of accessibility. So I would say even the majority of people would need accessible websites. Yeah. Cool. So, maybe we
0: move on to the next question. Uh, so, what do you think, Like, according to you, what are the most Im- impactful accessibility
1: issues right now? That. Mm-hmm. So, for me, and I've also mentioned this a couple of times, is basically the perception. A lot of the times, especially Germany, interestingly enough, is a space where we don't really show people with a disability or condition publicly. When I lived in the UK, um, it was so normal for people to stand up in the bus and there were the signs everywhere. And Germany, for some reason, doesn't really do that. So, um, and I find that, I, I don't think that's a good thing. So just changing your perception, looking around you, being more, let's say, aware of people and their needs that can be at the workplace, that can be in your friendship circle, that can be um, um, in, in the public sphere, wherever you go, just having more openness, more awareness of what kind of needs there are and how people can be supported. That is already a great, great step to do. And then um, again, from my personal perspective, rare, di- rare illnesses or rare diseases. Um, we have a whole spectrum of people out there and a whole spectrum of needs and accommodations. I recently talked to a person who lives with um, being on the autism spectrum and a simple thing as Grammarly, using Grammarly at work um yep. helps them just to be more focused and to just you know phrase things better which is such a such a simple step but it's, it it actually makes a huge cha- um, change in what they do and mm-hmm. funnily enough there's when we talk about rare illnesses and rare rare diseases there's even a um, commemorative day for that which is the 29th of february uh, because it's a rare day so people who concepted that were very smart in in, in tackling it that way and then as a, as a third point, I would say, um, and that is something that makes me really sad, is the lack of barrier-free spaces in the public sphere. Um, a couple a while ago, I looked at the Berlin uh, map of um, U-Bahn stations, mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of stations that even had an elevator. Think about it if you are a wheelchair user or you have some sort of uh, motility impairment you have to map out your journey exactly beforehand so you know where you can step out of the U-Bahn, which is challenging i know they're working on it and they're they're very very um, driven in that and and this is great because in a lot of other cities i still don't see that i see um elevators being built here and there in U-Bahn stations so that's amazing but there is still a long way to go where it should be the normal thing that every public sphere should have a ramp or an elevator so that people of all kinds of backgrounds can use it. So th- these will be my three top uh, topics currently, and I'm sure that they will be uh, current for a long, long time um, if there are not any major changes in society.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very true. I totally agree with all of these three points. Uh, cool. So just the thing that uh, that always uh, comes to my mind that you know we always talk about accessibility and we always uh, make sh- like at least a developer we always try and make uh, things that you know things should be accessible and and even apart from web accessibility in general we talk a lot about accessibility what do you think for what do you think for the companies that don't care at all about accessibility like uh, even while they're building their products or something like how do we make them like as a developer we still know that you know these are the issues that is important but the company doesn't care or maybe you know they don't have the time right now or maybe they don't have the budget right now Mm -hmm. what do you think uh, in that space should somebody do like what how do we make it happen that you know company adopt adapts Uh, or makes uh, at least uh, a vision about accessibility or tries to think about getting accessibility in the company? Mm. That
1: is actually an interesting question. I recently talked about that um, and exchanged about that a lot. I find that, um, and again, I'm having a very Germany centric um, uh, look on that because I've been in the working culture here for a couple of years. And Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways we're still very hierarchical and it helps to have the decision makers on your side. And the argument there is obviously a bottom line, that could be something, Um, but also uh, just oftentimes I find that uh, being in the diversity communities and exchanging with people a lot that also have maybe chronic illnesses or have, or maybe are different from majority society because they're POC or something like that. I find that a lot of these perspectives, they are just not on the table of a lot of decision makers. So, um, just yeah. pr- right pronoun usage, for example, is is something that people they ha- they have never heard some of the arguments for that, and okay. sometimes it can help to just start small. Maybe you start a diversity initiative, collect some of the stats and the numbers. We all know that decision makers love their numbers, right? Present them okay. in a meaningful way, um, and then advocate, advocate, advocate. I know it can be tiring at times, but it's so worth it, and then. Even incremental steps are success in that already. When we see that there is maybe, um, maybe the CEO will start using they, them pronouns um, instead of uh, addressing everyone in the generic masculine, for example. Um, Or thinks about, hey, if we rent that new building, it might be worth thinking about, can people who have specific conditions actually use that building? If that happens, then there is already a change. And that that is something that can be built upon. But first of all, this this perspective of hey, there is actually um, there is actually a possibility there. There are business opportunities for us in there, and it actually helps to include people because that will um, help us in our customer base as well. That will help us in our relations, and that will also make internal um, the internal environment much much better. So from all of those perspectives, I would tackle that there is no magic formula, but um, small steps and, and uh, keep persisting. I think that's the most important aspect.
0: Yeah, I think I really liked your point about advocating, 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 yes. <laughs> I think that's one of the good thing that we should do. Uh, cool, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I t- talk about uh, this previously, I spoke about this, that, you know, we have a lot of other perspectives to being disabled or when we talk about disability in general, yeah you want to share some touch points there?
1: I think I mentioned it uh, once or twice already, but this this whole aspect of non-visible illnesses, things that are not necessarily um, easily perceivable in people. Um, I I once had this call where I gave my talk on, on how to uh, increase allyship and so forth, and one of the first sentences that came up was, yeah, actually, everybody of us has had some shape, in some shape or form, back pain in their lives, which is obviously not a disability or chronic illness, but helps people relate, right? And mm-hmm. just this imagination that we all have something that we probably struggle with physically or mentally already changes a lot. And then um, this whole vast field of, let's say, temporary conditions, again, surgery comes to mind. People might not be able to walk for a while or need time to recover and regenerate. um, So that that can affect everybody in every situation, right? Um, Then a a person that might have been super, super healthy and uh, beaming with fitness the next day might not be like that. And then they also have sort of this the, the challenge of um, needing support and needing help to have um, a devices environments um, accessible to them. And then also senior citizens oftentimes come up as a topic um, people whose sight, whose hearing might not be as good as it once was. Um, But they're still kind of functioning. They're still um, very, very proactive participants of society. And then to to contrast that, people that are very, very young, just if we look at um, uh, chair sizes, they are usually made for adult people, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and just um, sometimes children and and, and, uh, youth have a different um, way of looking at things, even uh, from the perspective of a mindset and then maybe two other points that are really really important for me um coming up i will organize a meetup on the whole topic of neurodiversity usually that is being associated with the autism spectrum but there are other conditions like adhd um, and uh, dyslexia dyscalculia and i'm even um, um hesitant to call it or to call them conditions because it's just it's a neurodiversity so the, the people who are they are just bit different or a bit diverse from what we would feel is the normal. But then again, um, especially uh, when we look at the example of being on the autism spectrum, there might be different mannerisms, there might be different expressions that where we can also reach out and help and support people. And ultimately, um, this whole aspect of language and how we use language, a lot of the um, public authorities use simple languages um, on their pages when we look at, for example, web accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that people who might not have had a chance to learn how to read or for who it is difficult to read, they can still access important government information that way. And, and we just sometimes need to think about that not everybody will have um, Will have had the same chances, chances as everybody else in society, and with very simple measures and simple language. The name already says it. We already meet those needs, and it's not even that big of an investment. It's just one other opportunity to help people have access to things that they need. Right, right.
0: Thank you. Like this was a really oh, too much knowledge that I'm really happy about. Like I didn't know about a lot of stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know there are other perspectives too, and you know we are in a bound shell where we think that you know disability is just uh, yeah. just about you know uh, being a visible disabled, which is not the case. But thank you so much that you know you shed some knowledge on this uh,
1: on this topic. Just and and Mantilla, just, just to add on that, um, I know that it's a lot to digest and there are a lot of things out there and you will not know um, of that overnight and be an expert in everything overnight right. and you don't have to be. Right. It's just about, as I said, it's about this awareness and this openness because once you have that, you will already change your mindset so much and people around mm-hmm. you will feel that and they will also support you in that and you end up having a network and that is an amazing thing. True, true, true. Thank you so much,
0: uh, Okay, cool. So uh, the uh, the last question, in fact, would you like to share some message that, you know, you want to share with people who are very new to accessibility in general, or, you know, they don't know anything about it? Like, how would they start, like, some knowledge that you want to or some message that you would want to share with our audience?
1: Interestingly, I've had a previous career as a community manager, right? Mm-hmm. And um, connecting people and networks and, and just enabling um, multi, multi-threaded multi ways is something that I'm super passionate about. And throughout my career and throughout my life, I have always found great support in communities. I think you have had the same experience, Manjula, yeah. and you you are an organizer as well. And my advice, therefore, would be reach out and join a community, exchange with people. What helped me a lot in the last month was being part of the Accessibility Club. That's an initiative that is primarily centered in Germany, but not exclusively. There are also uh, meetups in other countries as well. Um, And being at the Accessibility Club Summit, speaking there, talking to people, being active on Twitter. And just yesterday, I tweeted about who else can I follow who's very knowledgeable in accessibility, because that way, When I scroll through my Twitter feed, I already get updates. I don't even have to proactively reach out for information. The information comes to me. And once you get to know people, then if you are in a situation where you need some kind of expertise on that particular situation, you can reach out to your network or maybe you already know a specific person who takes care of that. And they will help and support you. And that way, you, you don't have to do a lot of research. You, you already have that at your disposal. So that is what I um, unreservedly would recommend to any person who wants to get knowledgeable in a topic. Sure. Join the community, interact with the people, and make sure that, that you you are social in that way, right? And and you, you um, have all of the opportunities out there. And for me, it helped a lot. And um, yeah, and I'd be happy to refer anyone if there are any questions, if somebody needs a recommendation, and so forth.
0: Yeah, plus one for this because I think that's how I started. Like because yeah. I was new to accessibility, and you know, I started following people. I started following you, uh, in fact, and that's how I, uh, I that's how I now I know, you know, at least about accessibility in general. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think uh, that's it. Uh, thanks a lot, Francisca, because it was really helpful and really knowledgeable podcast. Uh, I mean, seriously, for me, there was some few touch points which I didn't know, uh, and it it gave me totally a new perspective uh, when I think about accessibility. It's not just being disabled or you know something which is visible uh, that that relates to disability in general, but Thanks a lot because this gave us a lot of uh, knowledge. Uh, at least as a, a as a host, it gave me knowledge, and I'm sure that people who will listen to this podcast will have will gain an immense knowledge.
1: Thank you, Manjula. It's also about the opportunities. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed um, sharing my knowledge with you and then with with the people out there, obviously and uh, giving each other opportunities that's what it's also about and this is how we can spread the news and how we can spread awareness in society as well
0: yeah lastly i think uh, mm-hmm. i'd like to end the podcast by saying three times advocate 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 and <laughs> let's do it together <laughs> okay you count down then yeah yeah awesome uh, so one two three start advocate advocate advocate, advocate. thank you so much franziska Thank you.